This message is dedicated to my mother, Juanita Jones. Ready or not, here you come. Welcome to Higher Ground. Maybe an incompetent government, like a bad government, is exactly the kind of government we need right now. Maybe it's actually a good thing that it seems like our government doesn't really know what it's doing at the federal level. And in a lot of cases at the state level, the United States right now has more than a third of the world's cases of COVID-19 this new coronavirus and in a way maybe that's perfect because maybe that fact makes it impossible for us to pretend right now that we are ready to face this kind of a crisis like you know if the trains were running on time so to speak if we were able to act like You know, we have this all under control. Like if we had a president and a bunch of uh, state and local leaders who spoke confidently and professionally and competently, we could act as though we had a planet that was in balance and was ready to deal with this kind of crisis. But the truth is we were not ready for it. We are not ready for it. We're not prepared not just on a national and international level, not just on the state and local level, but on the personal level. You know, I had this, um, I had this goal, have this goal of being able to live a completely sustainable and, um, as close to self-sufficient lifestyle as possible. Like I would love a little piece of land where I can grow my own food, um, have a home, not, drawing power from the power grid, but producing as much of my own energy as possible. Um, But a situation where food is stored away and it's not hard to deal with the time when our actually very fragile system, our economic uh, system and our systems of distribution, actually very fragile, that that I wouldn't be as dependent on those things. But When COVID-19 showed up, I didn't have that. I wasn't ready with that. And it's not just me. It's the vast majority of the world. We don't have a system that is set up to take care of everyone, especially in a moment of crisis. We're not ready. So maybe it's a good thing that it is obvious based on the way that some of our governmental systems are responding It is obvious that we're not ready. Maybe that needs to be obvious. I mean, what do you do when you are this unprepared? What do you do when it's obvious that the system cannot support what's happening? 
We have the President of the United States on television saying, you know, we have to get the economy up and running again, even though we know that people are going to die. It is more important that we save this fragile economic system based as it is on scarcity. And if you think that's some kind of a critique rather than a statement of fact about the way our economy works, go and read a conservative author. Um, Thomas Sowell is a good place to start. Basic economics. Our system's based on scarcity. This notion that there is not enough to go around. It is not built to support everybody in the way that we need it to right now. So, you know, the president's just being honest about the thing that most people like to pretend isn't the case, which is that the system isn't made to support everybody. Yeah, but what if a moment like this when we're not ready? Here's the thing. Here's what I want you to hear. What if a moment like this is actually the perfect moment for something to happen through us, with us, inside of us, that could transform ourselves and our system into something that worked for everybody. What I'm saying is this. What if being ready isn't what we need? There's a wonderful story uh, in the Bible. It's in the second chapter of John, where Jesus uh, goes with his mom to a wedding. And he goes as her um, escort. You're talking about first century Palestinian culture. She wouldn't have gone unaccompanied. Um, Her adult son was with her. He goes with her to the wedding. And the festivities are rolling along. And at some point, because of the size of the wedding gathering, people are enjoying themselves, having, having a lot of wine, getting drunk, celebrating. At some point, the wine ran out. Now, I just, I love this story. The story says that (laughs) that Jesus' mother comes to Jesus and says, son, they've run out of wine. And what he basically says to her is, mother, ma'am, is how is the best way to read it culturally. Or like uh, we have a, there's a thing we say in the South, my dear, which which is like my dearest mama is really what it says there um, in the original biblical language. Why are you bringing this to me? And what Jesus says is, uh, my time hasn't come yet. That's how it's translated in the 16th century, uh, the 400-year-old authorized or King James version of the Bible. My time has not yet come. What Jesus was really saying is, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared for this. Uh, It's not time to do this yet. Why would you bring this problem to me? Now, this is an interesting moment, especially on Mother's Day which is what today is. Here's Jesus' mother coming in with this problem saying, look, they ran out of wine and here's Jesus saying, you're bringing to me a problem that I'm not ready to solve. It's not time. I I know what you want me to do, but uh, because you wouldn't come to me if you didn't realize that I had the capacity to solve this particular problem, but it's not time for me to do that yet. Uh, Mama, I'm not ready. And I love what Mary does. I was listening to a lesson given by Dr. Will Coleman. He's a PhD professor at the Interdenominational Theological Center and uh, a teacher of biblical spirituality. He's an expert in the uh, the biblical languages. And he points out that if you read this story, you look at that moment when 
Jesus' mother comes to him with this problem, what she does next is fascinating. And people always focus on what Jesus does in the story, but people never focus on what his mother does next. So she comes and says, look, uh, the party's about to get a whole lot less interesting because the wine is gone. And he's like, why are you coming to me with this? It's not time for me to do what you're asking me to do. It's not miracle working time. I need more time. I'm not ready. And Mary does what a mother does. <laughs> she doesn't even respond to him. Really? Go and read the story. One verse, he's saying I'm not ready. Next verse, what Mary does is she turns to the servants and she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so Dr. Coleman points out, you know, you are trying to imagine this story in your mind's eye. You can you can just see this North African woman here with her son needing him to perform this miracle, to do this thing. And he's saying, I can't do it. I'm not ready. It's not time. And she ignores him and she looks at the servants and she says, essentially, the boy is ready. He's going to do it. Uh, he'll tell you how to do it and what to do. You just do it um, and he'll get going. And of course, the rest of the story, most most people who are familiar with the story will know uh, he does it. He does exactly what he just told his mother uh, he wasn't ready to do. Happy Mother's Day. Because that's what mothers do. And I'm not speaking metaphorically. I'm talking in a, the in a, in a very most basic biological sense. This is what makes a person a mother is that her body at some point pushed a child, pushed a child into the world. It was like, ready or not, here you come. Because at the moment of birth, when a child is going through the birth canal, uh, there are really only two things that can happen. Either that child must be born or that child must die. It is be born or die. And that is the kind of moment that the world is in right now. Be born or die. Grow up or die. Move forward or die. I can remember when I was going through an experience of deep depression. So much so that there was a time that I moved home uh, to stay with my parents. And I'll never forget as long as I live that my mother even though she was full of compassion and she understood a lot more than my dad did, actually, the kind of suffering that I was experiencing. She kept saying this thing to me that I didn't want to hear. She'd be very compassionate. She'd be very understanding. She would listen. And then she would always say, yes, you're going through this. But what are you doing about it? Are you going to therapy? Because at the time I was in therapy consistently. Well, eventually it became consistent, but when it wasn't, she'd ask, are you going to therapy? Okay, your therapist says you need these antidepressants for a while. Are you taking them? Are you getting exercise? What are you eating? It was like, look, I'm going to be compassionate, but there's this other part of the responsibility I have for you. I understand that it's my role to push. Because that's what makes a mother a mother. She pushes. She says... You either have to be born or die. You either have to emerge into this new world or die. You know, the earth we live on isn't a dead thing. We like to think of it as inanimate. 
But how could something dead bring forth so much life, including us? No, we, we don't come from a dead thing. Ancient cultures have known this for millennia, that the earth is alive. In fact, they refer to it as Mother Earth. Many would say that the so-called brutality we see in nature, this process of the evolution of life all over the planet, it could be compared to the pain of birth. That there is something being born in nature when there are ripples of anguish and death and trouble. That literally, the earth is a mother that is constantly pushing us and other species forward into new forms of life. Saying over and over again, yes, yes, there is trouble, there is trauma, there is trial, there is tribulation. But what are you doing about it? Are you doing what you have to do to move forward, to come forward into the new world? Because the reality is, it is now, as it has always been, you will either be born or you will die. <laughs> That's what COVID-19 is. You know, it's like our mother saying, look, it's time to grow up. It's funny that the earth in certain ways is healing as human beings have stopped so much of our intervention into natural systems for the first time in I don't know how long. There is a smog over Los Angeles. It's like Mother Earth said, you know what? Y'all go in the house, sit down somewhere, be quiet. <laughs> I'm going to help deal with this. Something's got to give. You can't keep doing this the way you've been doing it. Something new has to be born or else uh, this, is, this system will not be able to sustain itself. It, literally, a new way of doing things, a new birth, a new beginning has to happen Either be born, be born as a new kind of human being, be born as a new kind of economic system, be born as a new kind of way of relating to each other socially, either be born as a new way of governing yourself, be born as a new kind of civilization, either that must be born or you will die. There is no third option. That's what mothers do. They push us into life. So, the good news is we're standing at the precipice of this wonderful new world. That we have this amazing opportunity to create something that's never been created before. We have this exciting view of a kind of world that actually works. That works for everybody. There is hope in new life. Anybody who has witnessed the birth of a baby can tell you there is no moment more hopeful than to see a new life come into being. Our challenge right now is to keep our eye on the newness, not to panic because of the birthing pains, but to look forward to the kind of world that we can create and to be thankful to God, our mother. You know, I grew up in the in the African-American religious tradition in the South. And we were in the habit of referring to God as both father to the fatherless and mother to the motherless. We understood that there's this dual nature of God. 
God is both our father and God is also our mother. That's why in the Genesis account, when God creates the human beings, it says, you, you hear the God, the Godhead saying, we're going to create human beings in our image and likeness. Next verse. So how did God make them? God made them male and female. Hmm. Could it be that that's the nature of God? We're a reflection of that. We are male and female because that's what God is too. God is father. But what far too many religious cultures, especially the one in which I gained my own religious orientation, Judeo-Christian culture, we have failed to acknowledge that God is also mother. God is also that which is constantly giving birth to that which is new in us, pushing us beyond what we think our boundaries are. God is that which comes to us when the wine runs out, when the money runs out, when there's a crisis. <laughs> it says, look, there's trouble. And then we say, but I didn't prepare for this. I'm not ready. It's not time for me to do this yet. God is that which doesn't even care to listen to what we think is our limitation. That which looks us squarely in the eye and says, it is your time to come forth into new life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're suffering. I'm sorry that you don't understand. But my dear child, ready or not, here you come. Happy Mother's Day. So every week uh, we get together on Monday evenings and we discuss some ideas about spirituality, spiritual practice, and uh, tomorrow we're going to get together and discuss the message that you just heard. If you're interested in joining that discussion, um, like everything else in the world right now, it's a Zoom meeting that we'll be having. Um, if you'd like the link and you'd like to join, then um, go ahead and like Higher Ground, like this page on Facebook um, so we're not hard to find and uh, you will be given the link you can find the link to join the Zoom meeting tomorrow we meet at 5.30 uh, Central Time so if you're available you want to jump in and join the conversation it usually lasts around an hour you want to ask some questions you want to get to know some people who want to discuss these same kinds of ideas we are available we do it every week and uh We'll see you there. Thanks for listening.